Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com slash Sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. In Ursula K. Le Guin's third Earthsea novel, The Farthest Shore, we see once again Ged, or Sparrowhawk, now as the Archmage, as one of the main characters. He was the primary character in A Wizard of Earthsea, and he was the second most important character in The Tombs of Atuan. But now we get introduced to another main character, a young man, who's not much older than Ged was in A Wizard of Earthsea in the early parts, Aaron, who is a noble person. He's descended from this great hero, Mored, through this lineage, the princes of Enlod, and his father has sent him on a mission and with a certain, we could say, scope to it that is going to prove very important. He gets to meet Ged as the Archmage, as Sparrowhawk, and he's going to pledge a commitment to him that will run throughout the entire novel and prove to be an absolutely central point. And it's going to get re-understood, tested, modified, and found to hold true. So at the very beginning, we find him talking with Ged and explaining the, the problem, the crisis, as they're going to discern that they're only seeing the fringe edges of. And we get this nice description. Alan Enlod looked up to his father, and he was his father's son. No man He's talking about Sparrowhawk now, had ever looked at him thus, not as Arryn, Prince of Enlod, son of the ruling prince, but as Arryn alone. Ged looks at him as a person. He did not like to think he feared the Archmage's gaze, but he could not meet it. It seemed to enlarge the world yet again around him, and now not only Enlod sank to his insignificance, but he himself, so that in the eyes of the Archmage, he was only a small figure, very small in a vast scene of sea girt lands over which hung darkness. So the encounter with Ged or Sparrowhawk is something that induces in him a sense of perspective and he responds to it spontaneously. Here's what he says. He sat picking at the vivid moss that grew in the cracks of the marble flagstones. Presently he said, hearing his voice which had deepened only in the last couple of years, sound thin and husky, I shall do as you bid me. Ged says, your duty is to your father, not to me. And then Aaron gets up and kneels down formally on both knees. My Lord, he said, stammering, let me serve you. His self-assurance was gone. His face was flushed. His voice shook. He draws his sword out and offers the hilt to the Archmage as a liegeman to his prince. The Archmage did not put out his hand to touch the sword hilt. He looked at it and, and at Aaron and said, That is yours, not mine, and you are no man's servant. And then Aaron says, My father said I might stay on Roke until I learned what this evil is and maybe some mastery. I, I have no skill. I don't think I have any power, but there are mages among my forefathers. If I might in some way learn to be of use to you. And the Archmage says, before your ancestors were mages, they were kings. This is going to be a very important point. Then he tells them, I thank you for your offer of service, though I do not accept it now, yet I may when we have taken counsel on these matters. The offer of a generous spirit is not one to refuse lightly, nor is the sword of the son of Morad to be lightly turned aside. So Gad is telling this boy who has 
spontaneously without thinking about it, but in a right way, pledged his fealty or loyalty to Ged, I may take you up on that. And there'd be good reasons for me to do that. But remember, your job is not to be a sorcerer. Your job is not to be a mage. Your job is to engage in some sort of rulership. And that ultimately is where the young prince, young Prince Ling, is headed. A little bit later, there's a conference between all of the great masters of Roke, and they're unable to attain consensus. And then Ged invites Arryn to breakfast with them. Big honor. And um, then Ged decides that he's going to, to leave and seek out the trouble. So he says, I'm going to take Arryn as a companion if he'll do it. Therefore, I ask Aaron, will you come with me? Aaron says, yes, my lord. And the changer says, the prince, your father, surely would not let you go into this peril. And he says, the lad is young and not trained in wizardry. And Sparrowhawk says, I've got enough spells. What would your father say? And Aaron says, he would let me go. The summoner says, how can you know that? And Aaron says, well, when my father sent me here, he said to me, I fear a dark time is coming on the world, a time of danger. So I send you rather than any other messenger, for you can judge whether we should ask the help of the Isle of the Wise in this matter or offer the help of Enlod to them. So if I am needed, therefore I am here. And he's given what we call discretion, the capacity to make his own judgment about the situation. He's not just following orders. And so he gives his loyalty to Ged, who says, okay, I'll take it now. We're on a mission. And that is really what the rest of the book is about. One of the key incidents is when they are in Horttown and with the at one time mage, now addict and whatever he is, hare, and they are attacked by robbers, Arn is going to run away. And the way that it's originally described, you know, he's taking off and running away and only later on do we find out what his motivation was. So Sparrowhawk says, why did you run away at that time? Actually, before that, Aaron says, I failed my guard. And Ged says, not by falling asleep. And he says, no, I was. You were ahead of me. I saw you. And so they crept in and tapped us on the head like lambs at the shambles, took gold, good clothes, and the saleable slave and left. It was you. They were after, lad. You'd fetch the price of a farm in Amron Market. They didn't tap me hard enough. I woke up. I did give them a run. I spilt their loot all over the street before they cornered me. And so Sparrow Hawk says, why did you run? And he says, to get them away from you. The surprise in Sparrowhawk's voice suddenly struck Aaron's pride and he added, added fiercely, I thought it was you they were after. I thought they might kill you. I grabbed their bag so they'd follow me and shouted and ran and they did follow me. And Sparrowhawk says, well, of course they did. They were after you. You were the prize. So interestingly, of course, Ged saves Aaron, right? But Aaron, in a certain sense, thinks that he's saving Ged and he puts himself in peril in in doing so. Aaron doesn't just simply accept everything docilely. He actually will speak up when he thinks that Ged is making the wrong decisions. For example, when he is taking Sopley, the insane, touched, damaged, old dyer of the silks, and he says, why are you taking this guy? 
And Ged says, as a guide, a guide to more madness, to death by drowning or a knife in the back? To death, but by what road I do not know. Aaron spoke with heat, and though Sparrowhawk answered quietly, there was something of a fierce note in his voice. And Aaron says this, I would not quarrel with you, my lord, but this, this is beyond reason. And Ged says, you're right. It is beyond all reason. We go where reason will not take us. Will you come or will you not? And Aaron says, I said I would come with you and serve you. I do not break my word. That is well, the mage said grimly and made as if to turn away. Then he faced Aaron and he tells him this. I need you, Aaron, and you need me. For I will tell you now that I believe this way we go is yours to follow, not out of obedience or loyalty to me, but because it was yours to follow before you ever saw me, before you ever set foot in Roke, before you sailed from Enlod, you cannot turn back from it. So he's saying, I accept your loyalty. I accept your fealty, but realize that you are actually following your destiny as well. And a little bit later on, you know, Aaron goes through what we could call a crisis of faith and Ged gets wounded. They wind up on the great rafts of the children of the open sea. And then they have a heart to heart and Aaron confesses to Ged that he thinks that he has failed him and betrayed him. He says, I failed you. I will fail you again and fail myself. I have not strength enough. And Ged says to him, you have strength enough. The mage's voice was tender, but beneath tenderness was the same hardness that had risen in the depths of Aaron's own shame and mocked him. What you love, you will love. What you undertake, you will complete. You are a fulfiller of hope. You are to be relied upon. But 17 years give little armor against despair. And he tells him, continuing on, I will not take the counsel of despair. You, Aaron, are my guide. You and your innocence and your courage and your unwisdom and your loyalty. You are my guide, the child I send before me into the dark. It is your fear, your pain I follow. You've thought me harsh to you, Aaron, but you never knew how harsh. I use your love as a man burns a candle, burns it away to light his steps. And we must go on. We must go on. We must go all the way. We must come to the place where the sea runs dry and joy runs out the place to which your mortal terror draws you. And Aaron says, but what if I should fail again and betray you? And Ged says, I will trust you, son of Morad. On Celador, that is indeed what they do. They go into the dry land, the realm of the dead, which has now become connected in ways it should not be with the land of the living. And Ged gives him an option. He says to him, listen, we are now going to go and face the enemy head on. He says, you know where we're going to go, into the dark land, I among them. And Aaron says, I have seen them, now I will go with you. Ged says, is it faith in me that moves you? You may trust my love, but I do not trust my strength. I think I have met my match. I will go with you. But if I am defeated or my power or my life is spent, I cannot guide you back. You cannot return alone. And Aaron says, I will return with you. Ged says, you enter your manhood at the gate of death. And notice what's going on here. The way that they understand it is anybody but a mage going into the land of the dead can't get out on their own. Even some mages can't. We find the summoner wandering around there, unable to get out on his own before Ged gives him some advice. Aaron says, I will die for you. I will go into the dry land living and be stuck there if you should happen to die. But you won't die because we will get out together. And that turns out to be what actually happens after they deal with Cobb, after Ged pours out all of his 
power and nearly all of his life, it's Aaron who saves him. We read, there was no more light on Ged's youth staff or in his face. When Aaron came to him, he caught at the young man's arm to hold himself upright. He said, it is done. It is all gone. Ged was like one bewildered or exhausted. He followed Aaron back down the river course, stumbling along slowly with difficulty. And Aaron is leading them through the, the mountains of pain. He's saying, we must go on, my Lord. Eventually, he has to carry Ged. Ged often stumbled or missed his footing in weariness. His breath came harder and harder. When his hands came hard against the rocks, he gasped in pain. To hear him cry out wrung Aaron's heart. He tried to keep him from falling, but often the way was too narrow for them to go abreast, or Aaron had to go in front to seek out footing. At last, on a high slope that ran up to the stars, Ged slipped and fell forward and did not get up. My Lord, Aaron said, kneeling by him and then spoke his name, Ged. He did not move or answer. Aaron lifted him in his arms and carried him up that high slope. At the end of it, there was level ground for some way ahead. Aaron laid his burden down and dropped down beside him, exhausted and in pain past hope. Endurance may outlast hope. He crawled forward when he was able to do doggedly. He looked over the edge of darkness. He turned back to the dark. He went back. He lifted get up as best as he could and struggled forward with him till he could not go any farther. There all things ceased to be. Thirst and pain and the dark and sun's light and the sound of the breaking sea. Aaron manages to get Ged out of the land of the dead, out of the dry land, back onto the shores of Celador, where the oldest dragon in existence finds them and then takes them on their journey back home. So Aaron fulfills his commitment. He goes down with Ged into the land of the dead and brings him back out of it, faces the enemy together. The commitment that he made, he follows through on. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.